Hello, this is Michelle Jacko, CEO of Core Compliance and Legal Services. And this week on the CCO Buzz, we will be discussing performance advertising issues. Unlike other regulations, the performance advertising rule is one sentence, and it's simply summarized as, thou shall not do anything fraudulent, deceptive, or misleading, or make omissions of material fact. The last time that the advertising rule was updated was actually when it was promulgated in 1940. There haven't been any updates until we received additional regulatory guidance in the form of either SEC no action letters or, most importantly, in the National Examination Program's risk alert, which was issued on September 14, 2017. It's such a valuable piece of information because it provides additional guidance as to the SEC's expectations as it relates to performance advertising. What the National Examination Program's Risk Alert focused on were the compliance issues found based upon 1,000 routine investment advisor examinations and 70 focused exams during the year 2016. Those focused exams were called the touting initiative. Basically, what were advisors doing in terms of making accolades in their marketing materials? The goal of releasing the risk alert was to assist firms in adopting effective policies and procedures and to provide investment advisors with reminders that they cannot distribute materials that contain untrue statements of material fact or that are misleading. So what were some of the findings in this risk alert? Well, the first had to deal with misleading performance results. And what the SEC found during these examinations were that investment advisors failed to deduct advisory fees. So in other words, they were presenting gross of fee returns without providing net of fee numbers. They also found that investment advisors were failing to disclose inherent limitations with comparing their performance to a benchmark. So, for example, if a manager's strategy differed from the S&P 500, yet the S&P 500 was identified as the benchmark, did the disclosure describe how the manager's strategy differed with the constituents of the benchmark? And oftentimes they found it did not. The SEC also found that advisors failed to provide adequate disclosures related to hypothetical back-tested performance. It is a very difficult area. In fact, the guidance that is provided in the SEC No Action Letter Clover Capital specifies the type of considerations that must be included when presenting hypothetical or model performance information. And oftentimes, advisors don't go far enough in providing the inherent limitations of that presentation of numbers. So for example, not disclosing that if we actually had live investor funds, the manager could opt to manage those funds differently for those portfolios by perhaps taking it to an all-cash position or being more conservative in the approach of their security selections. The next area that the SEC focused on happened to be on misleading claims of compliance with GIPS. If an investment advisor claims compliance with GIPS, they truly need to adhere to all of the standards. Remember that to comply with GIPS, these are voluntary guidelines. But if you do state that you are complying with GIPS, attention must be made with regards to the stringent application of those standards. The SEC also found 
the investment advisors were cherry-picking profitable stock selections, and they were only including profitable stocks in presentations, newsletters, and websites. They also saw that investment advisors were failing to offer or furnish a list setting forth all recommendations made by the investment advisor during the past year, and that would be in compliance with the SEC No Actions Letters TCW, whereby the firm must show the five best performing and the five worst performing holdings within the stated period, or with the Franklin Management No Action Letter, whereby an investment advisor must offer to furnish all buy or sell recommendations for that firm for the last 12-month period. Finally, one of the areas that the SEC focused on was compliance with policies and procedures. Firms have policies and procedures, perhaps, but they fail to have them customized or reasonably designed to prevent deficient advertising practices. They may not have addressed protocols for advertising pr approval. They also found that the policies did not discuss the parameters for composite inclusion or exclusion. And finally, firms failed to confirm performance results. Our takeaway from this is that investment advisors must go through their policies and procedures to ensure that they're effectively designed to prevent violation of federal securities laws, and in particular, Rule 20641 of the Advisors Act. This NEP risk alert provides a great checklist for investment advisors to go through to ensure that they've provided adequate guidance to their employees and associated persons on what they must know when presenting performance returns. If you have any questions or require additional information, we invite you to please contact us at area code 619-278-0020 or visit our website at corecls.com. Thank you.